Welcome to episode 23 of Get the Right Job. I'm Jeff Magnuson. This is a special episode because what you're going to hear is the audio of a keynote address I gave to the Finance Society at the University of Connecticut a couple of weeks ago. So this is a club made up of freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors, all in different places when it comes to finding internships or finding full-time jobs, wanting to educate themselves on the process. And it was a great talk. It went on for about an hour with a couple of questions at the end. Some of the topics we talked about was choosing the right path, how to get started, what experience to list on their resume, really important for college students because a lot of times they don't know what to put talking about hiring and how it's difficult for companies and how they can make themselves more visible, especially by using LinkedIn, defining what networking is and explaining that it's not that difficult and is also very necessary in order to help them get interviews and gather information, talking about applying better, applying differently, and finally wrapping it up with interview tips and a Q&A. With no further ado, enjoy the keynote address. Uh, quite a bit of information. So I've been a coach for about four years after working in the private sector for about 15 years. Um, as mentioned, I worked on Wall Street for nine years, first at the New York Mercantile Exchange, which doesn't even exist anymore, but that's where they used to trade oil and gas and other various energy and soft commodities uh, which is which closed a number of years ago as everything went electronic. Uh, and then I worked in Goldman at Goldman Sachs for five years in their commodities department in operations. After that, I got my MBA at the University of North Carolina and I switched. I got out of finance and actually went into marketing and worked in food marketing for five years. And I'll talk about those transitions. Uh, <clears throat> In 2017, I left the food company and decided to become a coach full-time. It, it kind of just unfolded. The whole job search process, what you guys are just starting to get into now, um, is obviously something I've been involved with for 20 years. So I'm 43. Uh, I graduated from undergrad in 2000. And I've been a job seeker, career switcher, uh, interviewee, interviewer. I've worked with great managers, terrible managers, great headhunters, terrible headhunters. Um, I've interviewed people. So I've, I've seen this entire perspective from really every angle. And I realized that I had a lot to offer to help people navigate this. I wish, you know, I had what you have now back then, but I didn't. Um, so it's arguably you know, a little bit easier for you guys because you have the resources. Um, some things have not changed in terms of job seeking, which I'm going to get into, um, but you're going to be armed with a lot of information which will only benefit you as you move through. So thank you for those who submitted questions to Sam. Um, he sent me a list of about five broad topics, which is great because it really covers the spectrum and I used it to put together tonight's talk, because obviously I want to bring the most value to you guys based on what you want to know. Um, I'm going to get through um, all of that. I'm not sure how long it'll take, but I do want to leave time at the end. So if I have to just cut it short, I certainly can. If you guys have questions, if there are no questions or only a few, I can you know dive back in and, and just make sure we use up all the time uh, tonight. So at, when I was at Rutgers, I started off actually as a biology major, thinking that I would go to medical school and so on. And I quickly realized it just wasn't for me. I, it, the, the material just didn't sink in. I switched to psychology for a semester. That wasn't really working. I thought it was interesting, but it wasn't really working. I didn't know what I could do with a psych major. I switched to econ and it just clicked. I loved it. I actually tutored it. I went, I majored in it. I had to pack all the classes into two years. And I tell you that because the, the first question that I wanted to address was there was a lot of interest on how to determine which area of business is right for you. So advice on choosing the right career path. Now, the first thing I want to say is 
whatever you choose now does not necessarily mean it's what, what you're going to be doing for the rest of your lives. All right. As I mentioned before, that's why I gave a brief intro. I switched careers completely. You know, I stayed within business, but I went from finance to marketing, which while there's a lot of parallels that I'm not going to bore you with now, it was a trickier thing to navigate because not everybody sees it. But I want you to understand that don't put so much pressure on yourselves if you are about choosing what you're going to be doing for the next, you know, 30 years, 40 years, whatever, because chances are it's going to change and that's okay. All right. So you guys are, you know, this is all part of the finance club, but maybe some of you aren't even sure if you want to stay within finance. You know, maybe you want to move, maybe you're still thinking about accounting or marketing or within finance that's obviously very broad. Do you want banking? Do you want insurance? Do you want corporate finance? Do you want to be nonprofit? And then you can drill down even further, corporate finance, you want to work in food, manufacturing, banking, entertainment, higher education, whatever it might be. So you have a lot of options to get your foot in the door to get started on your career. And if you're not sure where to go, what you want to do is start talking to people who do those jobs. So in your classes, your professors, your textbooks, and, and so on, there's obviously a lot of good information there. But really, the juice is from the people who do the job. And UConn has an enormous alumni network. You know, it's, it's, it's a big school. They're all over the place. If they don't have to be in the metropolitan area, you can start there. And if, if there's not that many or you're exhausting your options, just go on LinkedIn and find people who work in corporate finance, in food, and talk to them, connect with them to understand, can they, can they give you 10 or 15 minutes to talk so you can just simply ask them questions to learn more, understand what their background was, and that will help you form what your first step will be. All right, now with internships, obviously you can be um, even you could put even less pressure on yourself because it's an internship. You want experience. That's, that's the name of the game. You want a name on your resume. You want a few bullet points under that where you can then leverage that into something else. But if you're thinking more first full-time job, you want to really understand what are you getting into and see what resonates with you, all right? Because somebody, you could think that you want corporate finance in an entertainment field and you realize, no, that's not what I want from what I've heard, that's fine. You can change your mind. Nobody's going to know. You know, don't focus on anybody else except yourself. Listen, pay attention to those feelings that you get when people are giving you information and either maybe you get a little excited about it or you get completely turned off by it. Whatever it is, don't ignore it because that's going to help guide you to the first big decision of where you want to pursue. And the reason that's important is because when you're, when you are applying to these jobs and we'll talk about interviewing in, in just a little bit, you want to be excited about the roles in front of you. All right. If you're not, if, if, if you're stumbling into something and you don't really want to be there, chances are it's going to come across on the interview. And, you know, you might kick yourself in three to four months saying, you know, I didn't want this. Why did I take this job, et cetera? So use the time now. Use LinkedIn. I'll get, I'll get into how to reach out, what to say in, in just a little bit. But really, the best way is to talk to people. There are a lot of people out there who want to help and will be willing to help you and speak to you on the phone for 10 or 15 minutes. They just need to be asked. Okay, so moving on, I wanted to start with that because before you put your resume together or if you're going to make adjustments to your resume, you want to have an idea of where you want to go. And you can have multiple versions of your resume, by the way. You should um, if there's different areas you want to go. Nobody's going to know that you have multiple versions. So the question was, when starting with a blank 
resume? How can one attain valuable experiences to add to the resume to be competitive? Your college students, all right? The good hiring managers, the ones who get it, understand that your experience is limited. The job descriptions that say calling, you know, college grads with one to two years of experience, it's ridiculous. Just ignore it and apply anyway. You know, the, the, the ones that really understand know that your desire to be there, your excitement for the company and the role is going to weigh very heavily as opposed to where did you intern last summer for 10 weeks? Because while internships are important and it's great to get your feet wet, so to speak, the difference between a candidate who worked for 10 weeks at an internship, realistically, and the one who didn't have the internship, there's not much difference, guys. 10 weeks is not experience. It's just a, it's a taste of what's to come. You know, you might learn a few things here and there. Um, it's valuable, but don't count yourself out if, if you don't have the same internship as somebody else. So that, what I wanted to talk about, I mentioned it in the beginning, my first job at the New York Mercantile Exchange, I graduated with a degree, as I mentioned, in economics. And when I applied to the New York Mercantile Exchange, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have connections. You know, I didn't have like the backdoor connection to get in, a friend of a friend, none of that. Uh, the guys put an ad, I answered it, and I went in and interviewed. And it said no experience necessary. And that's rare. You know, uh, again, the good hiring managers know that. They don't care about experience for people in college. Uh, the job descriptions are a, a different animal. Too many people are usually involved. That's why they... That's why they're really overwritten a lot of times. But I went in and really what these guys were looking for was somebody who was motivated, hungry, excited about being there, wanting to be there, explaining and articulating why, you know, the market and why that job interested them. And I got it. That was it. You know, it was just showing interest, showing up prepared. Okay. So with going back to your resume, utilize any internships you have, utilize volunteer work, club affiliations, coursework, anything that you've done within the courses like case competitions, anything that you can put on your resume that is relevant to the role that you want to do. So if you're interested in public accounting, look at the job descriptions for the summer internships or the entry level recent college grad roles. What are they looking for? All right. And you may have some of the experience based on whatever, even if it's loosely connected, it's okay. Those are the things that you would want to put on your public accounting resume. Look for the soft skills, you know, where they're talking about working as part of a team, communication, working in fast paced environments, things like that, that pop up a lot. If you have examples of that, that's where you want to make sure that you are putting on your resume. That way it's going to align with what they are looking for. At any time, you can put accomplishments or achievements down. Again, I know you're college students, but I'm going to say it anyway. That's, that's where you can really stand out. Do your best in terms of finding the relevant or matching skills and experiences that will prompt them to want to interview you. That is the sole job of your resume, is to get interviews, not the job. Nobody's hired off a resume. They're hired after interviews. So your resume needs to be written in such a way that when the hiring manager's reading it, they think, yeah, this person makes sense for this role. I want to talk to them. The other thing you can do and on my website, I have free resumes if you want to just download samples. At the top, you put a summary, like three to four sentences. So um, a University of Connecticut junior, you know, ma majoring in finance. With, had, last summer, I had an internship at ABC where I worked on this project. I'm currently looking to, for a full-time role as a blank starting in the summer of 2022. You just tell them. You put it on your resume point blank. What are you looking for? 
All right. That way you take the guesswork out of any res out of anybody who's reading it. Because a lot of times these places get a lot of resumes and they don't spend a lot of time sometimes reading them. So you want to get right to the point and make it clear. Take out any assumptions that somebody may have to make because they're probably not going to make them. All right. Um, and the, keep in mind too, if I know some of you are different, some of you are uh, sophomores, juniors, seniors, whatever it might be. If you need some experience, see, even if it's volunteer work once a week somewhere where you can help in some sort of capacity with their books, their finance, helping them make something more efficient, help make automate something, whatever it might be to get on your resume, consider doing it. All right, just be proactive. It doesn't have to be perfect. Not everybody has like three internships, you know, when they're seniors. Some people do, that's great. But again, there, there's a lot of opportunities out there. Uh, when companies, hiring is tough. All right, finding the right people is difficult. So even though you may not have as much experience as somebody else, you could interview better than somebody else. And again, that's where people are hired from. That's how they're hired, off of the interview, not the resume. Once your resume is, is updated and it points in the direction you want to go uh, with all the relevant information, then you want to make sure LinkedIn is updated. I'm sure all of you are on LinkedIn, but if you're not, absolutely open up a profile. It only takes a few minutes and get it updated because not only is LinkedIn something that, as you know, you could search companies, you could search salaries and, and connect with all sorts of people. You guys know this, but when it's optimized properly, people can find you. And that's what you want when you're searching for internships and jobs, whether it's now, five or 10 years from now, it's going to be a valuable resource for people to find you. So what do you want to do? You want to have a smiling headshot. All right, not some cropped high school prom photo or, you know, you where you're cut out from a picture with you and your friends at the bar. No, just set your phone, use the timer, take a selfie in natural light and just crop it. You've seen plenty of pictures on LinkedIn. It looks better with a picture. Um, you want a headline, you know, UConn sophomore finance major, other keywords that illustrate more about you. And you can even put seeking summer 22, summer 2022 internship in corporate finance. All right. Again, just to make it clear what you're about. Underneath that, the about section, this could be very similar to the summary I mentioned on the resume. Just tell people more about you. What have you done? What kind of courses have you taken? What kind of volunteer work? What kind of internships or other work have you done that explains more about you that you can put so when somebody goes to your profile they just understand a little bit more about you and what you're looking to do your experience again just like your resume a bullet point or two very simple what did you do and or what did you achieve add your relevant skills and if you, if you could get a couple of uh, LinkedIn recommendations from people you worked with, great. It rounds out the profile really nicely. Um, that's how you build um, a really solid profile. And it doesn't take a lot because you can, you can only do so many things on LinkedIn. The number of things that you can do to your profile, it's finite. And also consider like a banner photo, the thing in the back. Most people don't change it. Anything, any, any high res nice picture is better than the default setting. Um, and it just helps your profile stand out. There's the, those are really the only things that you can do. Um, how to get noticed, aside from adding the keywords and, and filling out your headline and about section and having a photo, is being active on the site. Now, I'm talking about like 10 minutes a day here. If you're reading your news feed and you start liking stories, you start liking other people's comments or leaving thoughtful comments yourself, 
all right? Not just, hey, awesome article. No, talking about leaving a point or two or maybe following up or adding to the argument, whatever it might be. That's what people will say, hey, that's a good point. And then they click on your, your, your name and then they go to your site, okay? You, you attract more eyeballs to your site the more active you, you are on it. In addition, you can write posts, you can write some articles to get noticed. Only like 1% of the people on LinkedIn write posts and articles. Um, so something to consider, they don't have to be long. Additionally, on the right side of LinkedIn, you'll notice they always have the trending stories. If you click on those and you add certain comments there, the editors at LinkedIn comb through those and will very often highlight the best comments and then your name can appear right under the main article. That's happened to me a couple of times and then you start getting even more people showing up and looking at your uh, profile. And the people looking at your profile could be obviously anybody, but it could also be hiring managers and recruiters. So that's why you want to stay active on it to help attract eyeballs. That way, when you're job searching or looking for an internship, it's a passive way to draw attention to yourself, but also in a very positive, professional, and thoughtful way. So the, the, ne the next piece is about, um, the next question was about networking. Now, you guys have probably heard networking, you know, so many times people are like, use your network, network with people. It's, it makes you nauseous to hear. All networking is, is talking to people. It's talking to people you know. It's talking to your classmates. It's talking to people you don't know. All right. LinkedIn, this, you know, back when I was in school, there, there was no LinkedIn. You know, this didn't exist. We used to have to go to like, you know, networking events where you have to go up to people cold and have that awkward conversation to see if, you know, you can get some help or get some information. Now with LinkedIn, you can go onto these, onto the site, like I mentioned at the top and if there are roles that you are interested in or internships that you're interested in at specific companies, you can start talking to people at those companies just to learn more because you never know where one conversation can lead. So a quick story, back when I was in undergrad, I was into acting and I did some auditioning work and so on. And I was waiting one time in New York City online outside talking to somebody behind me, just struck up a conversation because we were bored. And he was telling me how he did an internship at Robert De Niro's movie studio, movie uh, production studio in New York. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll give you the name uh, and number of the guy. Just tell him you know me. I didn't. I just met the guy. And uh, I think they're looking for people. So I reached out to the guy, went in an interview, and got an internship one day a week during my senior year of college by networking. All I did was talk to this guy. I had no idea that I was going to, you know, get some number of some movie studio and then wind up getting, getting an internship that went on my resume. That's all it is. And when you reach out to people, you're not reaching out to hand over your resume. You're reaching out to ask questions. That's, that's really a more professional and disarming way to, to um, go after those folks because they don't think you're coming at them to do them a favor. You're, doing, you're coming at them so you can pick their brain and ask them some questions. That's a different conversation. So you can reach out to somebody I don't know, at, at Bank of America, you know, in Hartford, who, you know, who works at Bank of America in Hartford, if there is one there. And you could say, hey, Joe, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a UConn junior majoring in finance. I see, you know, your XYZ at Bank of America. I'd, I'd love to be able to ask you some questions. Is there 15 minutes you have so we can chat on the phone? That's it. Send. Connect, connect with them on LinkedIn, add a note, and send that along. That's it. You're just asking to talk to them on the phone. You don't want to send them emails 
And you don't want to email your questions because no people don't want to email you all that stuff back. You just want to get on the phone with them. If they should say to you, um, hey, send me your resume. Great. Send it. And if they don't, that's okay. You just want to be able to ask about their career path. You can say, hey, I'm kind of torn between corporate finance, public accounting. I don't really know like what I want to do. I kind of like them both. Do you like, is there anything you would, you know, recommend? Is there any advice you would have? And just let them talk, you know, and see what they have to say. And then reach out to 10 more people and ask them the same questions. Because you're going to get every single person you speak with, you're going to get different advice. That's all networking is. You're just asking questions. If, if again, if they ask for your resume, you can certainly um, send it along, but you're not going in with that expectation. I'm going to talk about applying next. So just if you have a question on that, just hang on. Um, so yeah, LinkedIn is really the, the most effective way. Obviously, if you meet somebody on campus and they give you their card, just go right at, directly email them. You don't have to go through LinkedIn in that case because they gave you their information. And again, just try to get them on the phone. You want to ask them some thoughtful questions about their role, maybe their career path or the company if you're interested. Um, 15 minutes. That's that's it. You 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 want to respect their time. If they're willing to stay on the phone with you because they enjoy helping you, again, a lot of people want to help. They just need to be asked. Great, but you don't want to take up too much of their time. You can get a lot of questions in uh, and answers in just 15 minutes. Um, now, one thing I the next topic that was not on the sheet, but I'm going to add, has to do with applying for roles. This is really really important. As you guys know, everything nowadays and has been for the last, you know, 10 years at least, everything is online in terms of applying. Every once in a while, job descriptions will say, email your resume and cover letter to this person. Okay, that's becoming more rare. Now it's like upload your resume and a cover letter and, and so on. What a lot of companies, but not every company, are using is software called Applicant Tracking Systems, ATS. And this is nothing new. This stuff has been around back 10 years ago when I was applying after business school, and it was around even before that. It's just grown. The problem is the software has not improved much. So what ATS does, it's part of a larger HR system for HR people to manage a lot of stuff because HR doesn't just hire and fire people. They do a hundred other things um, that you guys don't see until you're employees. And they're just usually stretched really thin. Um, and that's why hiring, quite honestly, is has become kind of a mess. Because when you have so many people applying, there's not enough people, HR, talent people, to go through through all of the resumes. So either they skim them quickly or they don't look at them at all. So what they've started to do is utilize this software that can be customized, different parameters. How long has somebody been working? How long have they have any you know, gaps in their resume? Uh, what kind of skills do they have? Do they have a college degree? There are a lot of different parameters that companies can use to customize them that you'll never know because they're all different. They, they can set it for certain keywords and key phrases. Yes, you can use job descriptions and you should to sprinkle some of those main keywords into your resumes. But again, there's no guarantee. So the big takeaway here is if you're just applying online, you're not really applying at all. Because the return from these, based on my personal experience and working with hundreds of clients over the last four years, it's like 2%. All right, you don't want to send 100 applications to get two calls. You, you really don't. You want, to, you want to utilize your time better and send better quality applications. And this is how you do it. So number one, I recommend writing cover letters. And I know 
most, if not all of you, hate writing them. But when you take the time to write them and you get it to the person directly, which I'm going to tell you in a second, the time is not going to go to waste because there's a much better chance that the right person, the hiring manager, your future manager, the key decision maker will see your stuff. Doing it the other way, it has to go through a computer. And then if it's if it makes it if the computer approves you, then it goes to HR and they have to read it. And then it may go another level and so on. There's too many people in the way. There's too many gatekeepers. What you want to do is find the guy or the girl who you would report to at your new job because they are the one who has the need on their team. Hiring is stressful. So if you can make it easier for them by showing up in their inbox directly, then you can really increase your chances of getting an interview with that company. Because don't forget, when you're applying, you're trying to get, when you have a resume, you are trying to get interviews. That's the next step. So you utilize LinkedIn and you look for who would be the manager in the department. So you guys starting as um, college grad level for, you know, entry level type roles, you know, you're going to look for managers like most likely and senior managers. Uh, if you can't find anybody, some companies are gigantic. You look for directors and or, or associate directors in the same department and you get your cover letter and resume to them. And then you email them by emailing them on LinkedIn saying, hi, I just applied to this role. Attaches my cover letter and resume. I look forward to speaking to you about this position. And that's it. Now, before COVID, where obviously a lot of people are still working remotely, and I know a lot of companies, especially banks and hedge funds and so on, are going back to the offices, what you can and should also do is you print out your cover letter and sign it. You print out your resume. You staple them together. You put them in a nine by 13 envelope, okay? Two pieces of paper in that big envelope will cost you two stamps. You hand address it to the hiring manager at the company and you mail it. And to many of you, that sounds completely ridiculous and outdated. And it's neither because we don't, while we don't, Think about mailing things anymore because everything's digital. That's the beauty of it. You don't want to follow the crowd. The crowd is clogging up those online systems. But when a hiring manager is sitting at his or her desk and a giant envelope appears addressed to them, what are they going to do? They're going to open it. And they're going to see you on paper. So you just went around all of that other stuff. If they're not interested or they didn't like your approach, they'll throw it in the garbage. No big deal. You could still apply online. Okay. But the idea is to be more proactive when you are applying, whether it's an internship or whether it's a full-time job, it doesn't matter. You're showing interest and you're sending a professional correspondence in the mail or through a LinkedIn attachment. That's all it is. If they're not interested, they're just going to delete it. The, that brings me to uh, the last point that was on here, and then I'll pause to see if you guys have any questions, is about interview tips. So obviously, the interview, again, it's where you want to be. You know, that's where the decisions are made. That's where you can really stand out as a candidate. So the strategies for an interview, you want to prepare and you want to practice, all right? It sounds simplified, but I'm telling you, people don't. They just think, eh, you know what? I'm just going to go in there and wing it. I'll just read about the company on my phone on my way to the uh, interview. Don't. I'm telling you, it's going to come through. You guys have interviewed before, and if you haven't, you know, it can be nerve wracking. And when it's nerve wracking, you can't think clearly. It's normal, you know? And if you get really nervous about interviews, great. Nerves are normal. Nerves are there. It's a healthy response because you care. You want to do well, 
All right. So in order to reduce those nerves, you practice your answers ahead of time out loud, even if you're by yourself. Pretend that you're speaking to somebody in the same room. You can time yourself with your phone. All right. If they say, take me through your resume or, you know, tell me about a time, all the behavioral questions and so on. You can practice all of those answers out loud and you should. That way, it's not going to sound um, memorized. It's going to sound polished and professional. Because if you don't practice, it's going to sound like, um, well, you know, um, you know. But when you practice it, just like actors practicing uh, for, for plays and movies, it doesn't sound rehearsed when they do it well. It sounds normal. That's what it's going to sound like because you're just going to bring everything to the forefront of your mind and it'll be much easier to remember when you practice and you prepare. The, the, the key thing for you guys, again, I mentioned it earlier, your college students. So what matters a lot is your motivation, your excitement, your enthusiasm for the role and for the company. I'm not talking about being fake. I'm not talking about kissing ass. None of that. I'm talking about being excited to be there and why it interests you. And that takes a little time. You know, what is it about that position at that company? What is it about what they do that really interests you? You're, you don't, you have limited experience. So the idea that you're going to start coming in and changing things, um, they know you don't want to, you don't want to overshoot it too much. You know, you want to balance it with some humility. You have a lot to learn. And believe me, the good hiring managers, the people you want to work with will value and respect that. Okay, you want to work with the people who want to work with you, who know that I have a lot to train this person. Am I going to enjoy training them? Are they going to be receptive to the training? Mindset. Hiring is, companies are really good, really good at not talking about how difficult and painful hiring is from their perspective. They're, they just keep quiet about it. But I've been on that side, as I mentioned at the very beginning, it is difficult. They could get hundreds of resumes and the right person still may not be in the stack. And, it's re and when they have a need and they're hiring, it's because they're short staffed or they're, they have too much work. Maybe the company's growing or maybe somebody just left, whatever it might be. And they need to get somebody in there sooner rather than later. So you showing up as a viable candidate could be a huge relief to them. And that's not smoke and mirrors. That is straight talk. That is how it happens at companies. Again, they just don't talk about it because they don't want to. It's a negotiation. They don't want you to think that. How to best prepare. Again, practice your answers. Okay. Practice the understand what the company does, understand, you know, who the CEO, the CFO in your case is, understand a couple of the people. If there's recent news articles about what they have done or something that was noteworthy to be either released in a press release or published in the Wall Street Journal or Bloomberg or something, just be aware of it. All right. It, it, it may come up. Um, but if you can mention it, again, it just shows that you did your homework. And I'm telling you, if you do your homework, you're going to stand out, regardless of whether you had internships or any of that stuff. If you did your homework and prepared, they're going to see it because you're going to stand out. I'm going to pause there. So if, if there are questions, obviously, I have a few other things to say, but um, I know that was a lot. I'm talking kind of fast, but if um, if there are questions, um, please, I'd, I'd like to just pause and, and answer some. Hey, um, I guess I could jump in and kick off questions. That was honestly extremely helpful. I loved listening to that. I agreed with like everything you said, and it was and learned a lot, obviously as well. I especially found um, the advice on being active on LinkedIn 
helpful liking comments and participating in the LinkedIn ecosystem. That's something I can improve on that I wasn't aware of going into this meeting. So definitely a big takeaway along with a lot of other things. Um, I guess my question I'd like to start off with for myself personally, um, I it's when preparing for networking calls and interviews, I spend a lot of time coming up with questions. You know, I do the homework. I have kind of my framework on how to prepare for these networking calls and interviews that I have been doing for a while now and kind of fine tuning. Yeah. But I always kind of, um, I don't know, like the, the, I guess the standard for the types of questions that I should be preparing because I don't like to ask too technical of questions because then they may not know the answer. And it's like, it's like not really like social and um, just, I guess, I mean, it is a big feel thing. So when you're on the networking calls and in the interview, you kind of get a sense of who you're dealing with. Are they the type of person who likes talking about work? Are they the type of person who wants to get their mind off work? Um, and you know, that that's more of a feel thing that you just kind of have to learn with practice, but do you have any advice on the types of questions or any advice and tips on generating questions when preparing for networking and interviews? That would be helpful because I spent yeah. a lot of time doing it. Yeah, I know it's, it's, it's a good question. And, and, um, keep in mind that the networking calls, obviously you want to be professional and you're not. You know, you don't know these folks, presumably, and even if they're alumni, you know, they're not your buddy. You want to still come, you know, just serious and prepared with, with good questions. But but the networking calls um, are not interviews. You know, if they're willing to speak with you, you know, they're 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 kind of doing you a favor. Um, so it, it a lot of the pressure about coming up with the right questions is, is probably not there. Um, with, with networking, it depends what you're reaching out to them for. So as, as I mentioned earlier, earlier, if you're unsure of where you want to study or what part of finance or business you want to get into, then obviously your questions are more high level you know, to learn more about what they do day to day. You can be honest with them in networking and say, I'm kind of torn. I don't know if I want to go this way or that way. I enjoy doing this, you know, da, da, da. and just see what they say. You know, it's, it's, um, th those are much more, you know, low pressure, if you will. Now for interviews, that, thank you for asking this again, because one of the ways that, as candidates, whether it's for internships or full-time jobs now or in the future, that you can stand out from other candidates is by the questions you ask. Because a lot of times people don't come prepared to interviews with questions. So if an interviewer says, hey, do you have any questions for me? They may be like, yeah, I'm good. You don't wanna ever say that. You wanna have questions. All right. They may they may answer some of them during the interview, in which case you can say, well, you answered some of them. But, yeah, I have a couple others. But you always want to think about the company and the role. So some questions for interviewers, you could simply say, you know, how is success measured in this role from your perspective, like after six months or a year? In other words, what are their expectations of you? for that position, all right? Because then you can kind of just sit back and listen because you're also assessing what kind of a manager that person is going to be. Um, you could say, you know, how does, this, how does this role in this department, you know, fit in with the company's larger strategy, whatever it might be. Um, with, with, with like big banks and larger companies, that question might fall a little flat, but for smaller companies um, that, that work together better internally, you can understand, um, you know, how does this um, tax department work with, with the other teams um, in terms of the larger strategy? Things like that to really show them that you're thinking about the job and the role on a deeper level, as opposed to just asking, 
what's a typical day like here? Or what do you enjoy most about this company? Those are fine questions to ask like after you've exhausted every other question. But if you can think a little bit below the surface to understand like what are their challenges? You know, yes, this is an entry level or beginning level position, but so what? You want to understand like what what's going on there um, that they need your help with? You know, what what are some of the challenges that that they are currently facing? So thinking about the company and the role on a slightly deeper level for interviews uh, will certainly go a long way. And finally, when you're interviewing, oh yeah, so two things. When you so before interviews, you want to make sure that you come armed with three to five questions, just so you're ready. You have them because some interviewers actually start interviews saying, do you have any questions for me? They start the interviews that way and you don't want to get caught flat-footed. So if you have them, write them down. You don't have to memorize them. Write them down and you just start. If you And if you come out of the gate firing with those types of questions, again, you're going to look great. And then you write them down if they, and if, the other way, if they say, okay, at the end, we have 10 minutes left, what, what questions can I answer? If they said something during the interview that you say, oh, you know, I can, I can ask them about that. Just make a note. And then when it comes time for you to ask questions during the interview, ask the best ones first. Don't save the best for last because you don't know when the interview is going to end. They may cut it short uh, for whatever reason. Um, so you want to ask the best ones first so they leave with a solid impression of you. Hope that helped. Yeah, thank you. That was extremely helpful. I appreciate that. So um, if anyone else wants to jump in, I think we have time for a couple questions. Um, and yeah, so if anyone has a question, feel free to ask now. Um, another question if possible. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. All right, Jeff. Thank you for uh, coming and joining us tonight. Thank you. I'm actually uh, a first year here at UConn, and uh, a little bit um, wondering if there's any way to prepare as a friend for any potential summer opportunities, internships. I know it's a minority of freshmen who who look for the opportunity, but what 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 experience could be pursued? Make that a possibility. In, in in what type of in what type of field? It's a little choppy. I don't know. Sorry if you said it. Sorry, um, I'm a finance major, so. So I would see. For for summer internships, some you know some of the companies. They don't necessarily hire, you know. You have to be a certain year. Um, doesn't matter. I mean, you could certainly start to reach out now. What you can do is if there are companies in and around where, where you live that interest you in finance, you know, different departments, you can, and this goes for, for, for any of you, by the way, um, you could certainly reach out to them. Uh, people in those departments, again, using LinkedIn, you don't have to wait for internships to be posted. And you can say, just introduce yourself uh, very you know, quickly. Hi, I'm so-and-so. Um, I'm, I'm a freshman at UConn majoring in finance. I'd be mm -hmm. you know, wondering if, you'd like, if, if I'd be able to speak with you to ask you some questions just to get your advice and so on. And what, then what you can do when you get them on the phone, again, you're not asking to send your resume, but you can say, are you aware of you know any internship possibilities for next summer that's different that's what i gathered from another source what to look locally and see if there's any yeah you know because the thing is with with internships hopefully they pay you you know i mean they really should be paying everybody i don't like the unpaids but that's another topic but internships are you know it's a low cost for these companies and a lot of times they can, if you approach them, 
they can create these positions. They can be like, hey, you know what? We're going to have like this and this next summer. Like, yeah, we, we can use a hand. So let's let's bring them in for an interview and maybe we can make something happen. You know, again, you never know. You just, you, you can make these opportunities happen just by being a little bit more proactive um, instead of waiting for, for positions to be posted. And as a freshman, I would, you know, also target some of those maybe smaller companies, not, not the bigger names that are going to get a lot of attention and resumes, but maybe the smaller, um, you know, family-owned operations, things like that. Maybe you can even just work a few times a week, whatever they might have, something that can you can at least get a taste for and get, get your feet wet next summer. And you could certainly start, it's September, maybe a little early now, but you can certainly start, you know, right after the new year. Thank you for the advice. And that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you're a college student and if you want me to come to speak to your class or to your club, please drop me a line through my website and I would be happy to speak with you more about that. Just a reminder, my book, Get the Right Job, is available on Amazon. It's been updated just a couple of months ago to include all of the COVID business and all the changes that we're seeing in the job search market. If you have any questions or if there are any topics that you want me to cover here on this podcast, please also drop me a line, jeffmagnusonconsulting.com, and I'll be happy to get back to you.